Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I am your host, Liz Fiddler, and today we are going to talk about Lizianthus. So the day I'm recording this is actually August 22nd, 2023. And in full transparency, I think we've recorded one episode since early June, and that was the Dahlia episode a couple weeks ago. There have been a few bonus episodes here and there that we've thrown in, but most of the growing episodes were done significantly earlier in the season before the season really kicked off because we knew we were going to be so incredibly busy with flower season and not going to be want to be inside recording episodes. So I am going to talk about Lizianthus. And the reason I didn't have this on my list of episodes to record last spring or earlier this summer is because I hadn't really grown them before. So I really didn't think I should talk about it. Unlike the ranunculus, I did a before and after episode or I, I recorded what I was going to do last spring. And then in June, I recorded what actually happened and how they turned out. So I guess I maybe could have done that with this, but I didn't think they were going to be that big of a deal, but they're definitely an undertaking. I shouldn't say I've never grown them before. I bought a four pack, four, four packs. So 16 plants and one died immediately. So I had 15 plants my very first year of growing them, like with the farm stand that very first year. And so I had 15 plants and I know that I got a second flush out of them. I remember that. I remember I didn't stake them and somehow they did okay that year, but I think I just ultimately got pretty lucky. So now this year, and I I bought them from a greenhouse that were quite established by the time I bought them. And so I, yeah, definitely got lucky. I did quite a bit of research before I grew them because I've been watching other growers and I knew... Again, I don't do anything small, so I wanted to do it big. And I had like, I think some, we're going to say 1,600 plants. And I, I I think it was maybe six trays or five trays. I think it was six. So six times 210. No, it was six initially and then two more. So it was eight times 210. Yeah, 1680. 1,680 Lysianthus plants is what I did. So they kind of look like roses. They're kind of thornless garden roses is how I describe them. I did a little bit of Googling and ultimately they weren't really used until about the 90s in the United States. And so there's a lot of people that don't even know what they look like. They are an expensive premium flower and that's why you don't see them very often. They're also very difficult to buy wholesale consistently. I bought some April wholesale to use in my brother's girlfriend's prom flowers. And it was quite frankly, I was a little disappointed because they have so many buds and how you really should grow them properly is you disbud the very first flower and then the rest of them open. Well, this one was basically the first bud had opened and then the rest were completely closed and that's how they were sold, which they they grow them on site. So they probably cut them on demand or I don't know for sure how exactly it works. But overall, the quality of locally grown Lysianthus, I guess I was far more impressed with. And so I, I just love them. They have an excellent vase life. They really come in such a variety of colors. They're so eye-catching. They really fill out bouquets. They're excellent in groups and I absolutely adore them. And I'm going to plant so many more. Again, I'm in zone 4B in Minnesota, um, just outside of St. Cloud, Minnesota, St. Joe, growing them 
in this climate is a little bit more difficult or a little bit, a little bit different. You know, we're, we're much farther north than most people, but they do tolerate heat very well and they form a deep root. So meaning they need access to water and they do want their roots to be cool. So it's not a good idea to plant them, you know, much later, you know, into June when the soil starts getting pretty warm. Um, and that's hard because I grow them in a high tunnel. And the reason I grow them in a high tunnel is, first of all, the wind just wreaks havoc on them. You definitely need two rows of support netting. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I grew them in a high tunnel. And the reason I did that was because I I asked a lot of people in the area who have grown them before. And one big rainstorm, especially when they're just starting to open up and bloom, because their flowers just it's like a bowl. It's a cup and it it holds water and it can really knock them down. I just didn't want to risk breaking off those stems and the wind and everything. They're such an expensive crop because I buy them as plugs. And so I decided to grow them in the high tunnel. So what I did was I planted them. One side of my high tunnel had tulips in it. The other half I planted ranunculus in the spring. And then once the tulips were done, that's where I put all of the lisianthus. And I'm going to have a second high tunnel built this fall. And that's going to be huge in what I'm planning to do with the lisianthus and how I'm going to rotate all of those crops. But yeah, I definitely would not grow them without a high tunnel. And I they need two layers of support netting. And I definitely will always, always, always order plugs. So even, you know, there's there's some resources like Lisa Mason Ziegler has the Gardener's Workshop. She's huge on Facebook. She's written books. She's got workshops on, you know, growing and selling cut flowers. And she even says, buy plugs. So, you know, if Lisa Mason Ziegler is saying it, there's something behind it. Of course, Farmer Bailey is going to tell you to buy plugs because he sells plugs. But ultimately, they take like three to four months straight of just babying them. They cannot completely dry out. You really have to watch them. They're in such small cell trays. If you're gone for three or four days, you can't. You have to literally babysit them. And I like to go on vacations. I like to leave, even if vacation means just going to my parents' house for a little while. Usually in the spring, February or March, I try to go down to my aunt and uncle's in Arizona for an extended weekend. Um, try to go visit friends right before our flower season is going to start. And I just don't want to have to baby seedlings. So that's why that's one of the reasons that I do plugs. But then, you know, it's just you can damage a whole tray really quickly by not keeping on track of watering them. So that's why I buy them in plugs. Again, Farmer Bailey is where I've bought them historically. I do have some things in the works for coming up with an alternative option if you're in Minnesota, but we'll see. We'll see. I have a phone call at 11 o'clock with someone today to talk about that, but more to come on that, maybe, possibly. So what I did was I got them as plugs and I believe mine came May 8th. Now next year, I'm going to have them come a little bit earlier, a couple weeks earlier, because they can, they can tolerate a pretty, you know, snap in the cold. And my, my tulips are done by then anyway. And so these roots are tiny and short. And so after you transplant them out, you're going to have to water them with like a mister or even a, a garden hose and sprayer on the mist setting or whatever you end up doing because the the drip lines aren't going to travel far enough. And again, their roots are so tiny and they absolutely need water immediately. That first couple of weeks, they really need to establish. But once they take off, they really start taking off. I'll post a link of it on my blog, but I use a dibbler to just poke a hole where the plug goes and then just 
transplant it right there and then squeeze the soil around the side. So I'll post that in there, but that's how I transplanted them really quickly. And I, I could do an entire tray in under an hour. Like I did it pretty quick. Otherwise, I do have this little contraption that I bought. I think next year when it's Lindsay and I doing it, it'll go a lot better. I had her, uh, she had an 11 year old boy helping her and it just, just didn't work out. Just wasn't, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't patient. It wasn't, it wasn't good. You know, nothing. It's just, it honestly, it takes two adults that are okay with repetitive, boring things for a good couple hours to plant plugs. And that's okay. So I'll post what that machine is too, but basically you drop the plug into this cone and then you Oh, you push it into the ground. I don't even know what it's called, but I'll post a link of it on there. But ultimately, it's it was somewhat failed. You need two people to use it. But the dibbler works really well if you're doing it by yourself. And then after I got them transplanted, so I did you know a couple hundred at a time or a couple trays at a time. And then a few weeks later, I ended up mainly because I ordered them later and I knew I wanted more lisianthus. And so I it was quite spread out. You have to order them for a specific week. And so you have to order them like 12 to 16 weeks prior to when you want them to ship. And so by the time that I decided I wanted more lisianthus, it was a little bit late. So then once they're about six inches tall, that's when I put in the support netting. Now this year, and I'll put a link of the kind that I use. Now this year, I did not put enough T-posts. You need that netting to be tight. The snapdragons, everything else, it's more of a guide and they mostly grow upward where the lisianthus have a will to fall. They have a will to flatten out once they start blooming and they get heavy. They are so top heavy. It's like a canopy. If a few of them start falling, they all start falling and then the netting almost carries them all away. And so next year I'm going to have double or triple the amount of posts and make sure that netting is super tight. And then I'm going to do a second layer of netting immediately. That makes harvesting a pain, but it, it's worth it because some of our flowers, we had to just cut off the, the unopened buds. And when they went from being a cute texture to add to the bouquets, they were kind of a Dr. Seuss, 90 degree angle looking wonky thing. And so we definitely, I'll, I'll post a picture of what that looks like in the blog. Definitely going with the two layers of support netting next year. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break from this episode to talk about something else. We're going to talk about my course that I'm launching this fall, Peddling Perishable Products. So they are essentially, if you like the episodes where I tell you how to grow the flowers, I really think you're going to like the episodes where I tell you how to sell the flowers. Ultimately, I tried creating some podcast episodes talking about how I do things and it just felt incomplete. And I really want to make a difference and I want to make it easier on you. And I don't want you to find out how to do things the hard way. If you want more information on how to sell your flowers and turn it into a comprehensive business, click the link within this episode notes and sign up for a Calendly call. I promise it's not intimidating. It's 15 minutes. I'm going to tell you the stats on my sales. I'm going to give you information on the course. Ultimately, if at the end of the phone call, the answer is no or not yet, I promise no hard feelings. I just really, really want to help you turn your cut flower hobby into a successful business if that's what you want to do. Again, no hard feelings. Just sign up on the Calendly link. Thanks. pinching. So I did not pinch them and I don't regret it. Every blog is pretty much 50-50. Most places will say, okay, you know, with your Snapdragons, for example. 
I pinched about two thirds of them. But the first third, I wanted to bloom because I wanted some early blooms. And then when you cut that first bloom, it's essentially pinching it and then they come along quickly. Dahlias. Everybody pinches their dahlias. You need to pinch your dahlias if you're going to cut them or it's going to be a huge broomstick stem. Whereas Lysianthus, I didn't and I don't regret it. A lot of them that I did had multiple branches and multiple blooms that I could kind of cut off the smaller buds anyway. And honestly, I didn't really want to delay them. I didn't want to delay them at all because I'm. it's August 22nd. I am hoping for a second flush in about six weeks, five weeks from now. We'll see if that ends up happening. I'm optimistic. Some of them that we cut early, they are starting to have quite a bit of growth on them. And we'll just see. I know they tolerate a light frost. They'll be in the high tunnel. I can put frost cloth inside the high tunnel. I would love to have just straight Lysianthus bouquets through a lot of October with those fall colors, but we'll see. I mean, it's just you know, it's kind of more of a return on my investment, essentially. Another thing that people talk about is disbudding that first bud. Like I said, when I talked about the ones that I got from a wholesaler where kind of that first bud opened. So what you do is one bud that's going to be lower than the rest of them will bloom open and then the rest will open. And there's two ways you can do it. You can either go through and remove that initial bud or... You can wait until the rest are open and then that one's almost dead and then just cut it off right before you're going to use it. We did a combination of both. So this summer we hired a couple other people, Brittany and Karen, and their job description was literally pick flowers, pull weeds. Um, I was a little surprised at who or what, you know, not what, not what was going to apply, but I had no idea if anyone would be interested in this type of position, but I actually had a lot of applicants and it was awesome. And we had them come two to four days a week for honestly, two to five hours at a time. And it was amazing because I've been working on my business course and my peddling perishable products course and, you know, doing more podcast episodes. And honestly, it's it's a lot of working on the business instead of in the business that I've found. It's a lot of emails back and forth with orders. Now that we're doing more weddings and more events, it's been, you know, a lot of the book work and I'm, I'm transferring all of my book work over right now to a different system. And so I've just been really busy with some of that stuff. So Lindsay has been amazing as she's basically been promoted to farm manager. And I, honest to God, could leave for a couple weeks and I know she could handle it. And then she had Brittany and Karen helping her. And so a lot of what Brittany's, and don't get me wrong, I've definitely been outside with the flowers a lot. I've been on a lot of the evening events since they're at the farm anyway, or the Saturday morning events. And so rather than like making up the subscriptions and picking the flowers and, you know, doing the day-to-day work. But anyway, it's just, there's more work than one or two people can handle for sure. And so a lot of what Brittany has done was she went through and we had her just for like an hour disbud Lysianthus. And then it made it a lot quicker to be able to harvest the Lysianthus in groups because you know that if there's flower, like, she could tell which colors she had already disbudded because they're all kind of budding up at the same time. So she knew which ones she had already disbudded. So she could just glance. And if there were two flowers open on the same plant, she knew that it was ready to harvest or three flowers open on the same plant. Because when there's anywhere from two to four open after that first initial one, that's when you harvest it. And you want to cut it low. You want to cut it above that second set of leaves so that when it produces another one. Now, again, it's it's really up in the air whether or not we're going to get a second flush, but I'm I'm hoping, I'm optimistic. We will see. And again, that, that disbudding, I have some local florists or um, event designers that they've told me, you know, 
they're like, you can charge a premium. You, your flowers are a premium. Like my Roseanne Browns, they have huge blooms and very sturdy stems because of that disbudding. And so for example, Lysianthus wholesale from, from my wholesaler. And I, you know, I don't really buy flowers wholesale this time of the year, but you know, last April I did. It's $18.99 for a 10 stem bunch. So it's $1.90 a stem, just wholesale price. And then florists usually mark it up anywhere from two and a half to four times plus labor um, when it's put in an arrangement and for design work. And so I've been selling 10 stem bunches to one wedding designer for $25. And she's the one who told me that that's the price. She's like, I cannot pay you less than that. That'd be wrong. She's like, that would be taken advantage. These are such good quality. They're such a desired flower that that's just what they're worth, which has been amazing hearing that and knowing like growing that. But at the same time, I can't charge my customers $6 a stem for those on my stem bar. And there's people that don't understand that that's a premium stem. And that's why like when we price our stem bars, like it ends up about two bucks a stem on average, you know, retail because some of the greenery is less, you know, obviously the dahlias, the sunflowers, everything is more. But anyway, that's a whole other lesson on pricing. But my point is, they are definitely a premium flower. And they're quite a bit of work to get into cut flowers. And that's why you don't see them very often in standard arrangements. They do come in groups. So there's group one, group two, and group three. And I, I did know that before I bought plugs. And that was huge. I'm glad I knew that because I tried to buy from different groups. So they're rated on how early they bloom and how well they tolerate heat and light. And so at group one, group two, group three. And so that's really good because I kind of ordered them around the same time. And so next year, my plan is probably around April 15th, I'll have them ship and then I'll just have the group ones ship then and I'll plant them in the high tunnel. And as soon as like the first sets of tulips are done, I'll put them, you know, right there. And then if they're not ready, you know, or if it's going to be way too cold, if it's going to be the low 20s, although this year our last frost was April 24th, which was crazy. But, you know, I'll keep an eye on the weather, but hopefully I'll be able to plant them out. And then a couple of weeks later, I'll do some group twos. A couple of weeks later, I'll do some group threes. I think that's what I'll do. Or maybe I'll do a group one, group two, group three, and just see how's it, how it's going so that they're staggered and then they're early. I don't know. We'll just have to see. But, you know, hoping for that second rebloom. It would be awesome to have Lysianthus, you know, late June or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But... If you are going to not plant your plug trays immediately, you definitely want to bump them up. It's extra work, but hopefully it's worth it. You don't want to hold them in their plug trays for more than a week from when you get them because they're so tiny. They get root bound. They need a bigger tray. And so a lot of times, I mean, if I had an actual greenhouse, I definitely would get them, you know, if I could get the plugs to come to me late March and then put them out in like 50 cell trays and transplant them. And then by the time I'm ready to plant them in the tunnel, that third week of April, the little frost cloth, if I need it, then I would be able to, you know, have blooms significantly sooner. It just honestly, it depends on customers and customer response. And, you know, if there's a market for it, I think there is, but I would put Lysianthus in the list of flowers that I'm going to keep growing because my customers love them. And truly, they're kind of also in that category where, okay, they're a pain to grow. You have to baby them. If I'm going to do subscriptions at the volume that I do, I need a lot of them. I can't just have, 
you know, if there's 50 people picking up their flowers on Wednesday, I'm not going to have 10 people get some lisianthus and the rest are out of luck. I need high volume. So lisianthus, ranunculus, tulips, peonies, dahlias, just tons and tons and tons of those. And, you know, there's stuff that it's it's expensive to grow. It's hard to grow. These trays, these plug trays, they end up being about 40 cents a plug after shipping. So 40 cents a plant. And sometimes you don't get a second flush out of them. So that's, I mean, that's my actual cost before any labor, before, you know, remember paying Brittany to disbud them for three hours a week? Like it's, they're, they're expensive. They're very expensive to grow, but they are so, so worth it. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to keep growing Lysianthus. I'll post some more pictures of them on there. I did a lot of the Roseanne series. Roseanne Brown was really fun. One was the Rosita Apricot. I'm definitely going to do more of those. They were a really sturdy stem and they were just gorgeous. So I did some Roseanne Brown and the lighter kind were almost, almost this like terracotta tan color and they're just beautiful. And then the Roseanne Brown was almost this this mauve color. And then I also did the black pearl roseans, and that was a group one. And then I did the terracotta roseans and the lime green or just green roseans. I love all of those. So next year I will do tons of roseans. I love those colors. I will do more of that rosita apricot, but that Miriachi lavender, meh, I just didn't like the color and I didn't even necessarily like the Miriachi variety. And then the Magalo pink piggity with that, you know, they were white with the pink fringed. They were pretty, they were fun. I definitely would only do those as a group one, not a group three, because they're blooming so late in the summer and people are getting into fall mode. Again, I'm, I'm actually, I'm trying to figure out, you know, more of a local source if I can. Farmer Bailey is phenomenal. I'm still going to order my regular order through them. I just I just want to see if there's other options. So more to come on that. But yeah, let me know what questions you have about growing Lysianthus. And again, if you're just a hobby gardener and you want to have a few plants, like you'll probably just fine. You can put you can put a I would say put like four of them together in a group, somewhat close together. Oh, that's the other thing. I spaced mine at they were probably about 4 inch Ah, six inch, six inch spacing because I put them in the middle of the squares of the net. So they were six inch spacing. I did some outside of the netting just to see what would happen. And that was a fail. So absolutely need support netting for all of them. And then if you do them as a hobby grower, I would just put, yeah, I'd put four of them together in a little square, you know, six inches apart or whatever, and then put a tomato cage around them and just let them grow up and then, you know, just support them that way. And you can have them in a tiny little cutting garden if you're not growing them in mass quantities like me. There's a lot of ways to do it. I don't know. And maybe maybe I got lucky and I can't wait until next year to go back and re-record some of these topics and just just kind of see what we have to say, kind of see what we're, what we're, you know, how much it... Uh, how much it changes. But anyway, let me know if you have questions and thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Wow.
flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. SunnyMaryMeadow.com